You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is oh so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennium Money. And today we're talking the rebirth of Detroit with my husband and travel writer, Jeff.
Hey there, and welcome to Travel Tuesday. Um, so today we're going to talk about Detroit, which was one of the iconic American cities uh, of, for many, many, many decades, and it went into all kinds of financial problems and despair, uh, corruption, uh, and there's been so many things written about Detroit of, of, you know, it's almost like a wasteland, but they, there is really a rebirth that's happening in Detroit, and it has been for a few years now. Uh, I have been traveling to Detroit um, many years. I have family that live outside of Detroit, and it's one of those cities that I used to always go to and just go, oh, it's a little sketchy here. I like parts of it. Um, and I, I usually don't feel unsafe in a lot of the cities, but Detroit, I always kind of did. Nothing ever happened, but it was just one of those cities. Today, that vibe is way different. It, it is, it has seemed like it's cleaned out. Um, uh, there's still a lot of empty buildings, but there, but what you see is growth everywhere, and and a lot of those empty buildings are t- being turned into uh, amazing restaurants, uh, you know, really stellar hotels, uh, and so many other businesses. And and the, and the cool thing, it's the entrepreneurs that are really taking the city back. It's not it's not the the big business or or manufacturers, which is. Um, was you know almost the almost the death of Detroit, uh, with so many manu- manufacturers going out of business and whatnot, and let alone with all the the corruption and and everything like that. So Detroit is just one of those cool gritty cities uh, that has really great bones. It is it has some of the best architecture you will ever find. I mean, it really does look like a movie set. And one of the cool things is that if you look over the river and across the bridge, uh, you see Canada right across there. So it it, it just has this really great skyline um, has architecture throughout the city the houses um, are, are really amazing um, some of my favorite places that I've discovered there uh, their top restaurant in the entire city is called Selden Standard I've done an interview with their head chef uh, he's he's really great and that that restaurant uh, is seriously awesome and you need to check that out the dime store owned by a few uh, younger uh, millennial owners um, and they Decide to start a business downtown in Detroit. Um, really great breakfasts there. Gold Cash Gold. It, it's another restaurant uh, that used to be a pawn shop, hence the name Gold Cash Gold. Um, there's so much shopping um, in uh, different parts of the city. Um, uh, one of the, the streets that has, has like breweries and has uh, shopping and restaurants. Um, Shinola um, makes really great watches, um, high-end bikes, leather goods, all kinds of really cool things. Um, city bird, all kinds of different things about the city. Um, a lot of artists, um, will, will contribute work there and stuff like that. Designers and artists and stuff like that. Um, so there's a lot of really great places to go shop. Um, Detroit has always been a music scene city. It's just it, one of the best uh, music scenes uh, in the country, Motown and whatever else uh, had started there. Um, and now uh, Jack White from the White Stripes has his own third man records there. And so that's another another venue to go check out uh, gigs, uh, as well as they have signings and, and, and re- record store deals and things like that. So that's, that is really cool, too, about Detroit. Uh, it is just a, definitely a city you want to check out. Um, for so many different reasons. It has a really great art scene. Um, there are just tons and tons of restaurants and hotels that are, are, are opening and finally opening. They're redoing the, the riverfront area. Um, the Red Wings, the Detroit Red Wings uh, hockey team is putting, uh, putting in a new stadium there. And so there's going to be all kinds of restaurants and bars and stuff like that. Uh, so it is definitely a really cool city. Uh, one of those cities that has totally changed my mind about Detroit. Uh, so we were joined by local and co-owner 
uh, of Detroit Denim. It's a denim place, uh, Brenna Lane, and she gave us some more insight and how Detroit is one of the coolest cities to travel to these days. Detroit Denim was founded by my partner, Eric Gelsma. He, um, he started the company when he got laid off during the whole 2008 uh, kind of fiasco. They shut down his entire division, and he had been obsessed with jeans for quite a few years, and thought, you know what, uh, I, I got to give this a try. And then um, he he moved into Pony Ride, the, the incubator space that uh, the company was started in, and he uh, he needed some help, and he posted an ad on Craigslist for a, a sewer needed, and I thought, oh, I can sew, I've done that. I mean, I've sewn my whole life. My grandma taught me to sew when I was young, and I was in grad school at the time. And um, I was waitressing to pay my way through grad school, and I was tired of waitressing, so I took a, this sewing job. And um, the job was for two days a week, and I just kept showing up six days a week, and just because I loved it so much. And he was like, you know, I, I can't pay you that much. And I was like, that's okay. I'm really happy. And then um, after a while, I, you know, we kind of realized that we made um, – a really good team. We cover each other's gaps, I think, and uh, very well. And so I said, Eric, how about uh, we trade some equity in the company for some, you know, for some very cheap labor? So I guess I earned it the old-fashioned way. Right, right. Um, so what, what what were you going to grad school for? I was studying economic anthropology. Okay. Okay. Yep. And so, and so, did you ever, besides sewing with your, your from your grandmother, so like, did you have a uh, any experience in fashion or denim or anything like that? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> I'm, I, I still don't have any experience in fashion. I have a lot of experience in denim now, but um, you know, I'm more. So Eric is more kind of front end sales customers. He's a, the creative designer, um, and I'm more back end. Um, technical design, pattern making, uh, shop operations and kind of production engineering. So, um, my, my role here is much more technical than it is creative, or, uh, which is, you know, I'm a much more technically oriented person. So, you know, I'm, I'm our sewing machine mechanic and do our patterns and, um, I do a lot of more of the technical stuff. We like to say that Eric comes up with all the good ideas, and then I just make sure they're productionable. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Well, so why did you decide to become a partner at that time in Detroit in a, in a, in a business that's making actual products actually in Detroit? Um, well, one of the things was is in, in my studies I in economic anthropology, I was essentially studying, you know, our relationship with our material goods. And I was specifically focusing on food, but um, through making things uh, kind of in a craft manufacturing level and by no means mass manufacturing, um, I was starting to become really interested in how we re relate to our mater the material goods around us. Um, specifically our clothing and um, and I, I was just fascinated by it from kind of an academic standpoint but also there is just something so catchy about making things and you it's one the work of it is very relaxing uh, sewing is extremely relaxing to me um, it's also challenging but uh, going through the process of kind of seeing something in your head and then sketching it out and then trying 
to figure out how to solve the problems of the pattern and then making it and, and seeing a finished piece or, you know, a pile of 20 finished pieces that you made all day is just, is so rewarding. And then to have someone come along and like it enough that they want to give you money for it is like really personally rewarding. Um, I just, I just really saw opportunity. I just really felt like Detroit Denim was going to, be something. Um, Eric's kind of ethos and approach to everything was not just let's make as much as we can as cheaply as possible and convince people that they have to have it. It, uh, it was kind of the opposite. Is that you know it was more of a let's make things of the highest quality that we can, and we're not we know we're not going to be for everybody, but for people who appreciate what we're doing, you know, we'll find those people and we'll see if we can make a living doing this. And, uh, I really appreciated that approach. So I knew I wanted to be part of it. Did, um, did you guys move to a storefront or you guys just moved locations from Pony Ride? Uh, well, we kind of, I guess you could say we graduated from Pony Ride, which is a, uh, an amazing makerspace incubator, small business kind of startup space in Corktown here in Detroit. And, um, there are so many different amazing makers in that space. Uh, but we, um, you know, I think the idea of Pony Ride is that you you stay you stay there for you know three four or five years on some reduced rents and then eventually kind of get you know take off the training wheels and go out into the real world and we just this earlier this year moved into our own space so we have um, uh, our our flagship store is here um, at, on the front end of our space and then right behind it we have a, um, a big glass wall and right behind that is about 3,000 square feet of manufacturing space so we make and sell everything out of our out of our new space and um, we couldn't be happier here we have so much more room we have you know, even room to grow, room to add more people. And we love having a store that's so accessible and we're really excited to um, see what we can do for the holidays through that space. So. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah. I actually did a, uh, a whole, an article involving Pony Ride and interviewed uh, Phil Coley for another uh, article and stuff. So yeah. it's, it's a, it's a really great spot. I love that. We all, we all were just blown away how cool, how many different cool uh, businesses there were there. So many. And, you know, those, they, they become your friends. It's like, well, of course they become your friends. We were, we were just like a family there at Pony Ride. And I have to say, on the one hand, being on our own kind of allows us to really focus. There's not all the distractions of, um, of you know, that come with being in a communal or a community space. But on the other hand, man, I miss being around all those creative people because, it was just, it was just like you were surrounded by problem solvers and creative thinkers. And you, if you don't have a tool, make it, you know, not just, uh, Oh, let's go buy that tool. You know, it was, it was an amazing kind of energy and atmosphere there that, um, it's just impossible to replicate on our own. So we miss it. Right. Um, so, uh, in, in your new storefront, is that part of the new riverfront? Are you guys in that area that they're, they're developing? Yeah, so we are in what's called Rivertown. We're uh, just two blocks off the river. We're on the corner of Franklin and McDougal. And um, yeah, this area is developing pretty quickly. Um, it's really a beautiful area. The Detroit Riverfront is unbelievable. And the Detroit Riverwalk, uh, the Detroit Riverwalk Conservancy, many years ago, um, even before the whole kind of 
Detroit was on an upswing thing happened. The Detroit Riverfront Conservancy said we have to take advantage of this um, amazing, you know, natural uh, kind of gem, which is our river. And um, they built miles and miles of connected walkways and paths, and there's fountains and and carousels and and uh, waterworks parks and and you know Michigan native wildflower gardens and it's just it's the Riverwalk is absolutely one of the best things Detroit has going for it and to be just a few blocks away from that and to you know be able to go for a walk during lunch or or as we you know problem solve or you know we'll, we'll have walking meetings and um, it's so nice we we love the river so and, and we love Rivertown Rivertown is very our neighbors here have very much welcomed us with open arms there's a lot of great stuff going on here that's great. Uh, are you actually from Detroit? Um, I'm from Royal Oak. Uh, okay. I grew up in Royal Oak, just outside of Detroit, um, about five miles from Detroit, uh, as the crow flies, but uh, quite further from Detroit culturally. Um, but I've lived in Detroit for uh, 10 years now. Right, right. Yeah, I actually have some relatives live in Royal Oak and in Grand Rapids. So Okay, yep. Um, and I was I was really blown away how... how much Detroit has improved. It was always one of those sketchy kind of cities for me for the longest time. And now there's just so much entrepreneurship and, and so much growth and, and you could really see the potential there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think, um, Detroit's always been an, uh, what I would call like an underground city. Um, I guess to the outsider, you can, you know, there's not much going on, but if you know what's behind that door that's covered in graffiti and you know that inside is like the hottest jazz you'll find in the city on a Tuesday night, um, it's there, it's there. It doesn't, it's not always on the surface, but, um, and you know, that's existed for a while. Detroit definitely has its, its share of sketchiness, as you say, but, um, and always has and always will, I hope anyways. Uh, but, um, there has definitely been an uptick in the kind of more, I think, accessible to the non-Detroiter kind of music, art, food. Um, that's definitely on the uptick. Right. What? Why do you love Detroit? Why do I love Detroit? Yeah. I, you know, I I love Detroit uh, for the people. Um, Detroiters are incredibly resilient. They're incredibly um, uh, perseverant and uh, tough, and also very kind and neighborly. Um, everyone says hi when you're walking down the street and if you, if you pass someone you you make eye contact and you give them a head nod or a hello and um i was in new york city and i was walking down the street and i'd just say hello to everyone and they would one you know look at me like i was crazy and i had to stop because there were just too many people and i couldn't say hi that fast that many times and um and no one smiled back. So we're, I think we're a really friendly city. Um, we, I think that's partly we're from the Midwest and partly out of kind of the necessity of um, needing to know your neighbors and needing to know um, who, you, who you're sharing a space with from a safety issue uh, or from a safety standpoint. But um, that doesn't even begin to scratch the surface of why I love Detroit. I mean, the people is one thing the the art and architecture is i think unparalleled 
our architecture is is just stunning. Detroit, you know, was really built up during a time when we were one of the richest cities in in the United States, and our art museum was filled with art during that time. And our, our you know, like Belle Isle, our our island park was built, and there's just so much. Um, so much beauty that um, even though there's been a little bit of a dinge on it and it's kind of been left to sit for a few years, um, that beauty is still there. And uh, the, the music scene in Detroit is unreal. Like whether you're into hip hop or jazz or blues or electronic or even like good old mountain music or classical, we have an amazing, uh, the Detroit Symphony Orchestra is out of this world. So I, there are the, the cultural, uh, aspects of Detroit, I think uh, are definitely one of my favorite parts of the city. Yeah. I, 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 well, what I meant before about sketchiness, it, I, I felt it was always that way before, and I'm, I'm from Los Angeles. It, it, can, uh-huh. it, it can be dangerous here, it could, and I've been to New York so many times. I, I feel safe there, but Detroit was always like, all right, I don't know if something's going to go on here. I don't know, if But now I don't feel that way anymore. Now it, it, it sort of like there's been a reset now there. Um, I would say that, that that reset has happened in some very particular areas. So yeah. downtown, sure. midtown. Sure. Um, there are some neighborhoods that have been that, you know, you definitely don't feel like the Detroit. I remember when I moved here 10 years ago, but, um, that, you know, Detroit's big. Detroit's about 140 square miles. Yeah. And they call, you know, they talk about the set, I think that it's the 7.2 miles that are getting all the kind of re- rebirth and the money and the attention right now. But outside of that, um, there is still, you know, just endemic poverty, uh, low, um, li- very low literacy rates, huge, uh, very high jobless rates. And, um, it's, it's kind of becoming more and more a tale of two cities. And I think the, the main goal for, or I guess the kind of question at hand for, for people, people like us who have benefited from the, uh, the city's kind of uptick is how do we, how do we help the neighborhood see that as well? Because, um, you know, downtown and midtown are just booming. And like you said, you don't kind of feel that like, Oh, is something bad going to happen to me here? But you know, there is still, there is still a whole lot of Detroit that is, is hurting and in need in desperate need of effective city services. And I think that's kind of the question of the, of the moment is how do we, how do we make sure that this rising tide does in fact lift all boats and not, you know, leave behind, uh, you know, acres and acres of the city. Right. Right. Um, one of the things I was impressed of, of the new and growing uh, restaurant scene there. Um, tell me about some of the places uh, that you like to eat now in Detroit and, uh, or, or bars or even places just to hang out. Yeah. Uh, we have such good food in Detroit. Oh, we have good food. And I love to eat. I love to eat. Um, my partner, Eric, he always says, Brenda, you never look at me the same way you look at me when I'm walking towards you with a plate of food. I really, really love to eat. And um, one of the things I think that makes our food scene so unique, now we have all, we have amazing new uh 
restaurants popping up like Selden Standard and Katoy and Mabel Gray and um, just unbelievable restaurants that I can't always afford to eat at as regularly as I would like. But um, there's also these kind of little independent places, uh, uh, Rose's Fine Foods, for example, on Jefferson on the east side is I've, I've never not been amazed by their food. They do all their pickling in house. They make their own bread in house. They have an insane breakfast menu. Um, Rose's Fine Foods is that's, oof, I want to go there right now. As a matter of fact, um, Another place I love to eat is uh, El Asador in the Southwest. It's a kind of a small little uh, Mexican steakhouse. Um, it's a BYOB place, and it's, um, you know, the ambiance is terrible. There's terrible lighting and fake plants, and the food is out of this world. And it is just this kind of weird hole in the wall that is just the best food, best um uh, you know, Central American food you can get. And, and we have a quite a diverse, uh, like demographic here in Detroit. We're right next to Dearborn, which is the largest Arab American population in the world outside of the Middle East. So we have insane Middle Eastern food, Alamir in Dearborn on Warren Avenue. Oh my gosh. I just ate there the other day and, uh, their hummus, their fatouche, their shish kafta is, unreal and uh and then there's Hamtramck which is just uh in the middle of the city and has amazing Polish food we have great um kind of ethnic foods and um and so there's all those kind of new restaurants popping up uh but these some of these oldies but goodies uh are still around and kicking and yeah I can't get enough of the good food we have here what, what are some things that a traveler might uh, discover about Detroit or surprise them about uh, going to Detroit? I, I think people will be surprised how friendly Detroiters are. Um, we want help. We want, you know, we're, we're, we're in the Midwest, so we're friendly people. We, uh, there's a lot of uh, natural beauty here too. I mean, um, it, you know, it's fall right now and Detroit in the fall time is just stunning. Um, Detroit in the winter is beautiful. Detroit, uh, there's nothing like a Detroit summer, uh, with the river and the lakes all around and, and spring obviously is stunning as well. And we have some beautiful city parks and we have Belle Isle and, um, Again, the architecture, there's some really stunningly beautiful things here. And I think to a traveler who's never been here, who's maybe heard some stories about, oh, Detroit, um, you know, where the wheat get killed and eaten, that kind of narrative of Detroit, uh, to see that we're actually really friendly people living in a very beautiful city, <laughs> that might surprise them. Uh, yeah, I think Detroit, they just have really great bones. I mean, the, 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 the architecture is just, it's really amazing. You're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe some of these buildings. It looks like a movie set, really. Yes, absolutely. And, um, and even, even things like streetlights, you know, you're like, you're, you'll, 
and we were just walking down the river and there's a, there's a manhole cover, you know, and how they're dated. Most of them are dated. And this one says 1898. I was like, Oh, I guess they never needed to replace that manhole cover. And, you know, over 110 years. So there, the, the, there, you'll find sections of street lights that are just at least 90 years old and they're stunning. And, um, there's, there's some beautiful neighborhoods with architecture that is, uh, uh, just very beautiful. Right. Uh, so what have you learned uh, being a, a business owner, entrepreneur, um, since you started uh, with Detroit Denim? Oh, boy. <laughs> I've learned so much. I've learned um, – honestly, I've learned to trust my gut a lot more. Um, I'm kind of an anxious person. I'm kind of a, of a worrywart. And um, a, a friend of mine, a dear friend – said to me um, a few years ago, he said, listen, Brenna, business is all about making and taking calculated risks. And he said, if you trust your calculations, then take the risk. And um, that, that I think about that all the time because it is what we're doing is risky. I've learned how to um, tell the difference between when my body uh, is just needs a nap and versus when I'm on the edge of, becoming deathly ill because the hours of it are just, uh, quite intense. There's, you know, we're in the thick of holiday production right now. So 14 hour days, seven days a week for pretty much from the beginning of October. Well, that won't end until December 24th. So, um, I've learned how to get by on very little sleep. I've also, I've also learned how to, I think, um, communicate, a more effect more effectively um and by that i mean not be scared to communicate things that maybe people don't want to hear because i just there's no time for that anymore for me to kind of sugarcoat things i kind of i've learned to be more direct and um and yeah like i said i've, I've learned to trust my gut i think i think i'm have you know I've been doing this for four years now and there's not really a an apparel manufacturing scene here in Detroit. There's some stuff there's some stuff bubbling up, but it's not this is not LA, this is not New York. So um I used to really question and feel very apologetic for the way I had kind of set up the shop floor or the way we stored fabric or the order of operations of certain things and um I'm realizing that no if if, if it works for us, then it works. And that's, that's the best way to do it. And, um, yeah, so I'm learning to trust that, uh, I know what's best for, for, you know, our company from a production standpoint and stop worrying about, well, how do, how do the, how do the people in the real, in the real apparel manufacturing industry do it? Cause we, we are real, we are making clothes every day. And, uh, so I've learned to trust that a lot more. Um, why is a business like yours or some of the other ones that are now like, like, uh, um, and places like that in, in Detroit, why is it that, that important for the growth of Detroit? Uh, one, I think, um, a lot of these small businesses that are popping up are makers, you know, they're making things and, um, Detroit has always been a manufacturing town. We have more engineers per capita here than anywhere else in the world. Um, and that's definitely because of the auto industry, but, um, we're kind of makers and tinkerers by nature. I think that there is a culture of tinkering in greater Detroit that, um, 
that everyone was just, you know, had a, had a place in their garage, like a little tool, tool bench where they would just kind of mess with stuff. And, um, so there's tons of makers here. And I think that, um, because of the state that Detroit found itself in economically, um, it just was kind of fertile ground for, um, for those small maker businesses to pop up and, and some big maker businesses like Shinola, but, um, but you know, the, the small businesses that, that, you know, kind of we run with, um, like those, like the different groups out of Pony Ride, like Smith shop, the metal Smith studio or, um, uh, line studio, Andrew Ward's amazing custom concrete, uh, work. Uh, there's, I just, there's just way too many to even name, but, um, uh, or Douglas and Company, they do leather, they do great leather work, or Hunt Neuer, who does amazing furniture. Like, these are all small businesses, and the, and the fact is that they're they're employing Detroiters and training Detroiters uh, a skill, um, a skill, uh, you know, handwork, tactile making of things, which I think is something that's really missing. Um, so many cities are so service oriented or tech oriented and, and I love what a, how maker oriented Detroit is. I think that's, um, every, you know, my partner, Eric always says, you know, there's all this funding going around for the tech scene right now in Detroit. And, you know, he gets a little grumpy and he says, as, as far as I remember, you still can't wear an app. And, uh, I, 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 I agree with him. You know, we, we will always need clothes. We will always need furniture. Um, we will always, always need these things. And, um, you know, you, you can't, you can't have an economy without a manufacturing base. So, uh, that's why I think these these companies are very important for Detroit and the economic rebound is that um, you know we, we actually make things. Right. Uh, what's the future of Detroit denim? Oh, uh, the future of Detroit denim. We're really excited to to be in this new space and have the room to grow on a production end. I'm very excited in the new year to hire um, and train some new uh, stitchers and uh move into some more products we've really got the men's jeans down we've gotten the patterns down we've gotten the uh, production process down uh and now it's like let's play around with some limited runs and different colors and, and things like that but even that now that we have everything kind of set up it just works like a machine. So, um, now that we have that down, we are very excited to move into some other things. First and foremost, women's denim, uh, which is a whole, a whole new bag. Um, and also I'm eager to move into, um, you know, I would, we're working on a denim jacket, which we'll hope to have out before Christmas. And, um, and then in the new year, I'd love to do some shirting and men's tops and, uh, uh, other outerwear, like kind of a work coat or, um, others, other things like that. I, I'm really eager to get into knitwear. We do mostly heavyweight wovens right now, and I'm eager to get into knitwear and start making t-shirts and hoodies and crew necks. And I want to be able to offer, uh, you know, kind of a full men's line and then eventually a full woman's line. Um, 
some kind of, you know, staple goods that, you know, are designed and manufactured to last a really long time. Uh, being a full cut and sew operation and having the capacity to pattern and cut and sew and finish and sell all in-house really, um, it, it was a lot of hard work to build that. But now that we have that, um, it really the sky's the limit when it comes to what do we want to make in the future. So, uh, but you, you, you can bet on women's jeans in 2017. We're finally going to do it. <laughs> um, and last question. Um, why is it a good time for someone to travel to Detroit? Um, well, you know, Detroit is changing, man, Detroit is changing and it still has that kind of, it's the term is very overused, but it applies here. Detroit still has that grittiness that, you know, um, kind of dirt under the fingernails work ethic and, but it's also, it's also polished. It's also, you know, you, there's fine dining, there's world-class art, there's world-class music. Um, it's, we, we are a world-class city, but that's also kind of has this like very small town feel to it. And, um, uh, there's so many things for, I think, travelers to see here whether you're into you know doesn't matter what you're into if you're into uh, into if if you're into cars we got a lot of stuff for you there if um the river rouge plant down uh down river does a tour and it is unbelievable to see i mean this has to be a two hundred thousand square foot manufacturing facility and just to see them make the cars it's an unbelievable tour um there's you know I I thought it was a good time to visit Detroit five years ago or ten years ago I, because I've always loved Detroit. But now especially there is just so much. There's something in the air right now in Detroit uh, that I can't quite put my finger on. But um, there's, a, there's a level of energy here that is um, something special, and I, I think travelers feel it too. Yeah, and that's that, that's what a lot of other Detroiters that I've spoken to that's that's what they say too. The, the exact same thing. It's just something in the air that just feels like it's it's so much different now than it's ever been before. Yeah. Um. So where can we find uh, Detroit denim uh, if we're looking online or if we're in the city? Oh, well, if you're looking online, you can visit our website at DetroitDenim.com, and um, we. Uh, if you're in the city, we'd love for you to come visit and see where, you know, kind of see where we make the sausage. Uh, our address is 2987 Franklin Street in Rivertown. Um, and we're open uh, most days of the week. You can check our website for our hours. Um, and, you know, any customers who stop by, we'd be happy to give a tour of our of our humble little workshop and show you around and uh, so you can kind of see who's making your clothes and how it's made and, and the love that goes into it. Uh, and we have lots of stuff, not just denim. We have, you know, uh, we sell jewelry bags. Um, we know, we know a lot of amazing makers and we carry a lot of their work as well. So, so Detroit is on fire these days. There are so many people like Brenna 
that are, uh, you know, pouring new life and love and energy into this city that has been dilapidated and struggled for so long. And so many millennials are, are coming to Detroit, are visiting Detroit, are moving to Detroit. There are a lot of cool companies that are doing really cool things um, as benefits for uh, young employees in Detroit. So I would definitely say add Detroit to your travel list. Check it out. Check out all the cool things that are happening and definitely stop on by Detroit Denim. <laughs> 